You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Hey, what's up, everyone? How's it going? Hey, guys. Dude. Where did you, uh, you just got back in town, right? Yeah, I just got back from, uh, I took a East Coast trip, and I was in, uh, I started off in Atlantic City, and then I flew out of Boston back to L.A., all in a week's work. <laughs> Last time it was Texas. Yeah, I get to see a lot of this country, man. You know, so it's just like, I get to meet a lot of different type of people, and then it's, it's always nice, because I always get to check out some of the street art, too, in the, uh, East Coast, you know. I, I posted, you able to, were you able to see much when you were there? Yeah, I posted some of the pictures of uh, uh, the area that last time we were talking about when Dave was talking about right in the Holland Tunnel. You know, oh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of street art right there. So uh, I posted a few of my favorites there, you, you know. So if you follow Paint the Town podcast on Instagram, um, you'll be able to check out some of those stories. We don't post it on the page, but, you know, sometimes in the stories we might throw you a few, uh, you know, pieces of street art during the day that you might not be able to see. So pretty awesome. Well, dude, I'm uh, really, uh, really happy to have um, one of the uh, people that I uh, consider um, one of the uplifting and um, uh, cooler people in the in the graffiti and street art community. Uh, we have Ricky uh, with us now. Um, he goes, uh, what is your, your Instagram? I, I'm it's a little Ricky. Little Ricky. We okay. call me Sheep. Sheep. <laughs> I used to tell people. So, a lot. so what do you go by when when people ask you what's your artist name? I, I little Ricky. Little Ricky. That, like, that's what I know you by. Yeah. But basically. you have a shirt on. You have a shirt on. A very cool shirt, mind you. That says sheep. Yeah. I used to introduce myself for a while like as sheep, not even Ricky, nothing, just sheep. And people were like sheep. <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, just from the series of how it came to be. From it was inspired by Alexander McQueen, and he referred to himself as a pink sheep a pink sheep yeah changed my life do um why did he call himself the pink sheep well he was making a reference to him being gay i assume Uh and even though i knew the coin i knew the term pink sheep meant he was gay so he was making a uh difference from him not being a black sheep but being a pink sheep so that idea of being different from what was already different was very cool was magic to my brain so, Teach, you're sponsored by Black Sheep Clothing, right? Yeah. And then uh, uh, and I've seen something like that, yeah. And then... And then <laughs> you got sheep in your life. This is kind of the same thing, but... You got sheep um, in your life. In a very, very cool way, though. Um, you have... Uh, man, you have done so much with just the uh, the image and, uh, and different connotations with it. And um, I also see the... Uh, you use the, the EWE. Yeah, the U. 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 Yeah. U. Uh, a, a coworker at some point said something. He would he kind of had like Tourette's in some weird way, and he would always say, "U is a female sheep." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never yeah. knew that. And when he said that, I just was like, "Oh, now I could play oh, around yeah. with the word U because U applies to you. You like anything, so Absolutely. anything becomes U." I like that. I like that. And they- it was just funny. U is a female sheep, anyway, because actually a sheep kind of is. Um, I've learned that it's a form of me playing with dolls, and I get to drag them up, pretty much. So, kind of funny that it's a female. Explain sheep. that a little bit more. 
Yeah, that it's, um, I think it, I think for my previous series, I had a series called Little Girls. Okay. And I did that for 12 years. It was just fine art, small art. And that was my way of playing with dolls. You know, I got to paint them. Okay. And when I started Sheep, you know, I was just creating all these characters. And not until like two years ago, I started realizing that it was the same thing. I'm still playing with a form of dolls in some way because it's one, sh- when one character. It's one shape. And I just put hair on it. Glasses, right, dresses, right. whatever I want on it. So it's the same character just dragged up all the time. So, when did you start putting it up in the streets? Um, or when did you start getting up in the streets? Period. Was when that started. When she came. When it came to mind, I didn't. Um, I didn't so know what didn't, it was. You didn't put little girls up in the streets? No, no, not at all. Okay. No. So when she came to mind, I was. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It was just an idea of pink sheep. I didn't know if it was going to be characters. I didn't know if it was going to be um, anything other than I just had an idea. And uh, I started putting Hello, My Name is Sheep stickers as a way to introduce myself okay. onto the street because I didn't know anything about the street. Sure. So just Hello, My Name is Sheep. And I thought it was kind of funny, too, that the idea of everybody could wear that same label. Yeah. Hello, My Name is Sheep. Um, well, 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 let's stop real quick because I want to kind of uh, just – Talk about one real fun part of street art, the sticker and the hello, my name is uh, kind of like aspect of it. This is something that it's very, very just like a small part of street art. But every single street artist I know mm-hmm. has their yeah. hello, my name is sticker. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why I kind of do a tag. Yeah, there you go. It, it, I think it invo- um, comes from the tag. Tagging and you know everybody's writing their name, writing their yeah. names on the wall. Yeah, a cheap so way of getting a sticker. You exactly. Know, you can't afford to make your own Buy, sticker. Yeah. You get the old hello, my yeah. name is stickers, yeah. and you write your name on it. Yeah. yeah. So what we used to do at LA uh, for LA Shore Gallery events. One time we had a made we had a booth at Made in America Festival, and basically uh, this is one with like uh, it's like Jay Z's festival or something like that, sponsored by Budweiser. And we had everybody come at, at our booth, and they it said hello, my name is, and they can write their tag, and then we put it on a. Uh, on a, a canvas at the end too, you, you know what okay. I mean. So, so like I said, we've always just really, really embraced this small little aspect. And one other thing is like, if you couldn't even afford the "Hello, my name is" stickers, where do you go? You go to the post office and you get a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> you get a bunch of the priority mail. It's, it's kind of so. So I, I don't know. To me, it's just like kind of like one of those uh, small things about street art that I've always appreciated. And it's this is where it bleeds into graffiti too, right? Because it's your tag that you that you write your name in and yeah. that's why i asked you initially i said oh you know what, what would you go by you know you said little ricky but basically your tag that you it's tag sheep. is sheep yeah. basically so you know just tell the audience have this. you it's ever like done any work on the priority mail stickers i started to recently but it doesn't have it's just it is what it is kind of it's the sticking not, is not as good well for me <laughs> even the drawing of it it doesn't i don't feel a connection to it but i yeah, will do yeah. it just because they're there i'll pick a stack and just draw on them but it's not like with the uh, aesthetics don't really uh, appeal to you yeah kind of appeal oh my way. god i'm <laughs> appeal you're in a roll <laughs> so real quick we've had jeremy novi on who has like a you know queer style art do you identify your art as that style too like uh or is it more um, general, the sheep uh, image? Because, like you said, it's kind of like sheep. What I'm imagining is kind of like people, but you're saying pink sheep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of special. So I just want to ask you a little bit about, like, uh, is your art queer-focused or, or, you know, I don't even know how to, what the proper label is. <laughs> for me, it's been, a, you know, it's been a process, and this is something that's been in my head for a little while, is um, when I first started it, I did, you know, I didn't know anything about street art or street artists. So 
coming if what did you see that made you decide to put something up in the street because i knew well when i had the idea that it was a shiva i'm like i had to be on the street it was just uh like you know it didn't belong on a canvas almost Okay. So I was like, it was an animal, like yeah, a wild animal. Exactly. You wanted it to be out yeah. In the, okay. So because I knew it was a gay sheep, I had this sort of, um, and not knowing anybody, nobody in the street art, not even like zero. I was, um, I wasn't sure if being gay fit into the to the mold of what a street artist is. It's a little bit scary. Yeah, and it was. And once I started, you were one of the first people I met. And once I started meeting people, I was like, oh, they don't give a shit. Why is that yeah. such a common story? But I, 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 but I felt my own well, self, no, no, no. my internal homophobe, my own homophobia. Oh, Even though I've been out for, for my whole life, there was still that part of me that of introducing myself to somebody and me being gay was going to be offensive to them oh. because there, I, I, there's this perception yeah, so you, for that you, it was a new is a new genre of, of, people, of, of people and i thought of them as uh, these over masculine guys who were yeah, i, don't I know. can't yeah. even imagine how in- intimidating <laughs> that or well, in- inhibitions could have uh, imagine going thinking yeah. that, that that that's just sucks it just yeah. sucks that i would think that well dude i'm glad you i'm glad you you know got out there um because it's uh you know i've seen every once in a while i'll see like the most profound um sticker of his um and uh, oh, what was one when you start talking with t- to God like the yeah. those? Yeah, my God series is its thing in itself, but it's still part of sheep. Definitely, 100%. what are what are some of those? What God will there be free Wi-Fi? God will <laughs> I still be gay in heaven? That one. God, can you take a selfie with Grandma? God will it be <laughs> a Hollywood end? I mean, I have. Sorry. They are never you, end. Are you religious? No, you're not. Like, okay, not, interesting. Like, so zero. I was born. I was raised Catholic, but. The idea of religion, I lost it when I was a kid. I, like, I have no... Th- I don't even refer to myself as spiritual. I feel like that word in itself are you, also are you what, Wait, wait, wait a second. I, I always love it. How, what, do you remember what it was that caused the separation for you from the, from the religion? It was um, just being a weirdo in high school at an all-boys school and being um, ignored by a priest who was just... who told me to leave the school. Oh, wow. I, I, I what was city is this in? Uh, St. John Bosco High School. Okay. Oh, in Bellflower. In Bellflower, mm-hmm. okay. So you grew up in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah, man. I grew up in L.A. Yeah. too. Hell yeah, man. It's not a very Christian way of handling the situation, though. Yeah, but so he, the way he handled it, I yeah. just, you know, and I, you know, you're going through stuff and you're thinking that you feel different. And uh, one day, I was 17, I just told my dad, he goes, I'm not going to church today. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, I'm not going anymore. And that was it. And it, it's been a process of getting to a place where... Um, it's okay. It's okay to me. Like I respect their beliefs. I respect who they are. If they believe in God and Jesus the way they do, then they exist mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like. That's think cool. Like, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, and I, they respect my beliefs. That's the, even the coolest thing. That, 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 hey, that's, that's a great so, perspective right yeah. there. You know, I, you know what? One thing that's very rare. They totally like. I told them one. One of my life changing moments happened when I actually sat down with them at a kitchen table, and this woman who was her neighbor who was deeply Catholic, told, asked me, she goes, why is it that when kids graduate from college or they get educated, they stop believing in God? And I, um, before even answering the question, my parents jumped in because I had already told them of what God meant to me. They answered it for her, like, like almost like pr- out of pride of what I believed in. And that was beautiful. Wow. So, so your parents came in and stepped in basically and talked to for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, have to say anything to her. You know, you know, like, <laughs> um, let me ask you real quick. Uh, it, like, 
Well, what? so so people have <clears throat> an idea of of your. How old are you? I just turned fifty. You just okay. turned fifty, also. Yeah. Okay. You don't look at all fifty, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm all gray now. It's all gray. You so don't sound fifty either. The the voice is nice and young sound. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so experienced and and so much there. So so. Wow, that changes my perspective. Actually, my questions now, man. I mean, okay, you grew up in L.A. Uh, in the nineteen sixty-eight, seventies as a kid. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Because now, n- wow, now that that told, like I said, now I have a lot of different other questions. <laughs> it opens up a whole new can of worms. Because for me, I, I was born in Monterey Park. I, you know, I mean, so L.A. County, basically. Yeah. You know, anybody basically who grew up in L.A. County says they're you know, from L.A., basically, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. know, some people in Riverside County even say yeah. in other countries, they'll say, yeah, hey, I'm from L.A., right? I grew up in East L.A. <laughs> you grew up in East L.A., yeah. man. Like, that's we grew up there, exactly. then we okay. moved away, but I grew up in East L.A. You actually, I was okay, yeah. that's awesome, man. So, I mean, uh, when were you born? Uh, sorry, my, 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 my math is bad, even though I'm Asian, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're racist, man. <laughs> hey, I'm... Ra- <laughs> Myself, reverse risks <laughs> to myself. Uh, anyway, yeah, 68. 68. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome, man. Um, cool so, story, even cool. Yeah, this is one story that I, I'm proud to share, like in general, just in the regular conversation. Is that when I was 10, my older brother, who's a, at Loyola, told my dad, he goes, and this changed all of our lives. He goes, either I join a gang or I keep, or we move away and I keep going to school. Within a week, my dad moved us out of East L.A. and we moved to Pico River. And if he hadn't done that, I think what would have happened to us? How old oh, was man, he? Oh, man, there may not be a little Ricky. How old was he? My brother was 14 and I was... Or no, my brother. brother was 16 and I was 10 and I have three sisters. But um, And to top it all off, he paid in this part of the story in, in honor of my dad is that he paid for all of our private schools and he paid for all of our colleges. Wow. So none of us have college debt. Wow. wow. So wait, what did your what did your dad do? What did your parents do? He was just a warehouse worker who bought wow. one house, bought the second house. Where's your dad from? Wow. He met, he's came here with a penny in his pocket from Mexico. What part of Mexico? <sighs> Jalisco. Jalisco. I go to uh, Guadalajara yeah. all the time, basically, man. And uh, you know what, man? Let's just talk about like just immigrants for a second. Um, you know, because my family has an immigrant story. We ca- we came over uh, from Taiwan. Actually, my grandparents are from China, right? So, you know, a lot of times I just think it's it's. LA is like full of new immigrants a lot of times. People are always coming here and you know the city's just getting bigger and bigger and more crowded and more crowded. So, you know, you growing up basically, you know, in the 70s in LA, how much has LA changed for you? I mean, is the tra- I mean th- there was like Goodyear here during yeah. that time, right? You know, there's a tire factory basically like um, you know, how has LA changed? I mean, it's always been traffic bad. The smog's getting better, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I hate driving, so I don't drive. Yeah. Like, even the car I have right now, that's my nephew's car because I got rid of my car. Okay. So okay. I hate, hate driving. Where are you, um, where are you living right now? I live in Miracle Mile. Okay. So I can walk everywhere. Nice, nice. <laughs> that's nice. right. Yeah. I, I walk like crazy. Like, no, I mean, like, it's. Anyone that lives nice. in that area, you'll also notice uh, Ricky's work <laughs> that uh, tends to be. <laughs> It's accumulated I, I, in that area. Yeah, it's like covered. <laughs> I mean, like I'm like, if I don't end up at LACMA at some point, it's like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they should know this shit. <laughs> really, like, no, I, you're I, right. I mean, that's my hood. I mean, like, I don't like uh, take ownership. Like nobody else could do it, and I don't yeah, care yeah, if people yeah, cover yeah. shit. It's like I just walk so much that it's completely covered with it. Oh, that's awesome. And man. I kind of, I do. I, you know, I go to downtown and Hollywood and stuff, but. I love. It. I live here. Why not just paint it? For Actually, myself? did a uh, what I call, or what sometimes is called, an on the street uh, collaboration with Ricky one time. Okay, let's hear it. I had this uh, 
Michael Cohen, you know, the Trump's lawyer, yeah. had a, a stencil of him. Hashtag and, me too? Yeah, <laughs> with the sign that says hashtag me too. And uh, I was looking for a spot to put it, and it was right on 6th Street and... Cool. Um, uh, was Cloverdale it? or something. Yeah, Cochran. exactly. Cochran. No, Cochran. I think it was Cochran. Yeah. And uh, here was a sheep that says something about being a sheep date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a sheep date. Yeah, man. I'm a sheep date. And so I, I'm I a love, sheep I date. I love the puns. I yeah. could play around with that word forever. Really. Yeah. Like, no joke. There's no end to it. It's funny. So I just, I just posted Michael right up under him. And you know, worked out perfectly yeah. with that. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> you, you know, the thing is, like, I love that so many street artists always come here and they say, "One of the first street artists I ever met in L.A. was was Teacher Man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying that so many people say that. It's like um, it was four thirty in the morning when I saw him. I was going to the gym. Oh, that's right. On La, on La Brea, uh, on Wilshire and uh, Fair, Fairfax. I that may have been when I was putting up the, uh, what was it, that Jaws uh, from 007 piece on the corner right there. That's, yeah, I think I remember seeing you that night and just being like, dude, I was, Yeah, I was like, because we had a mess, so I was like, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> That's a rarity also. You know, some people probably have this this illusion that, you know, we always see each other out on the streets while we're you doing know. our stuff or whatever. You never dude, this is a huge, huge city. Yeah. You know, yeah, and gar- yeah. You know granted, there's the Melrose uh, avenue area yeah. where there's a, a big accumulation but other than that dude there's so many parts man because you know downtown LA like I said Miracle I mean downtown, uh, downtown LA is just a separate separate part too you know if you go to Miracle Mile there's what we're called Little Ricky territory I yeah, guess that's Little Ricky <laughs> zone right there basically <laughs> you know Melrose Pink and Fairfax area. obviously and w- there's still actually a whole side of like uh, you know Venice that there's a lot of artists out there that you know get up on the walls too and, uh, you know, people always ask me, they're like, hey, I'm coming to L.A., like, where can I check out some street art? And I'm always, I'm always just like... <laughs> Wherever okay. you are, basically. I'm like, well, I'm like, well, what part of L.A. are you in? <laughs> you know what I mean? So going back to, like I said, how has L.A. changed, I mean, uh, since, since you grew up here, since, you, you know? Um, you know, when I you. first, I'm, I went, I moved away for 10 years. Oh, really? I went to college. You, okay, where'd you go to college? To Cal. And then um, okay, NorCal, I, Berkeley. Yeah, okay. and then I went to New York just because it was a dream in life. But I came back ten years later, and when I came back, I hated the city. I hated driving. Oh yeah. I hated just the sort of. I just didn't like it, and um, but it took me like two years to get used to it. And once I got used to it, I think it's like the coolest city. I think especially now with just the art scene here, I think it's gotten really... Well, the climate, the climate is awesome. Yeah, the weather for me is everything, too. And so I actually felt like I wasn't from here when I moved back. It That's was like so a whole funny. Day. I felt like I was new here. <laughs> I didn't know anything. And but once I got used to it, it's like I made it, I made it my city because I incorporated walking into it. Let's talk about Cal for a second yeah. because I actually spent a good time uh, in Berkeley uh, when I was in college because I used to date uh, a girl up there. So, um, was she a Cal student too? She was a Cal student, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we hang out at like Asian ghetto, right? <laughs> they're, where they're, I don't know if you had it even back then. It's like different. I, was, I left in '92, so oh, okay. Well, uh, there's this little <laughs> area where they have all the Asian food called Asian ghetto, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, what, what is the main uh, Telegraph, Telegraph, yeah. right? And then what's the uh, the, the hippie area, People's uh, Park, um. That's how I knew it. Then. Okay, it People's, People's Park. Park. No, there's a Hayton Ashbury area. Oh, that's San Francisco. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it has that that vibe, basically. Yeah. The same Hayton Ashbury. Tel- Telegraph has it. You know? Yeah. It's always one of my favorite same thing. favorite parts, basically. You know, you have your 
uh, you know, your bo- your head shops where you you know you can buy your bongs and you know record stores and things like that. And you always have cool stickers everywhere yeah. too. That's one of the things. So, um, okay, what part of New York did you live in? Just uh, I lived in Chelsea for a little bit because okay. my brother was already living there, and mm-hmm. then I lived in um, I think it's called like Prospect Park or no Sunset Park up in Brooklyn, like where it was just really Hispanic and stuff. Okay. Did you do any uh, any street art when you were there? Or any no, I was or? still a bait. I was still I didn't even know what I was doing. I was well, actually work. I ended up working for a home furnishing company, which kind of came in handy now because that's when I made my sheep sticker. I knew what to do with a stamp because I used to carve <laughs> stickers. I used to carve stamps out of stickers for that job. So mm, it all kind of plays out into you know you learn uh, kind of tricks of the yeah. Mm-hmm. I never knew I would use it again and. So what did you go to Cal for? Uh, an English major. English major. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Just love to read. Yeah, that's I can awesome. Read and read. And that's awesome, man. Yeah. What, what's your What do you like to read? I'm reading biographies right now. Mm, I, I love biographies too. I'm man. like beyond upset. Like I'm to the point where I, I don't know what else to read anymore because I've read them all. Like that of people who've kind of lived outside the lines, kind of. So. Oh, interesting. And interesting. that the sh- the series started from a book. Really, if the I sheep was, series started from a from an Alexander McQueen biography by Judith Watt. When, was, did, the, when did the art start? Like when you? Uh, twi- I, I was doing art in college. Was interesting was when I graduated. My mom actually asked me. She goes, "Why didn't you major in art?" And I didn't say anything to her. I was, but in my head, I was like, "Because you never encouraged us to do anything." <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like because it, it was they were very passive parents, so they allowed us to sort of kind of be ourselves, which was a gift in itself. But if yeah. she, she had said major in art i would i was like i didn't know that would have been okay you know like i would thought that would have been that would have been an insult to them okay <coughs> so you you, you kind of kept it as more of like a hobby basically yeah and but at 20 years <coughs> when i moved to la that's when i i sat down with my parents and i you know i don't have a close relationship with them but i sat down with them i was moving to la i didn't know what i was going to do with my life and i just told them i want to be an artist and they said as long as you're happy so and that was my freedom because after, you know, they paid for our, all of our educations, you're s- kind of still feeling that there's an expectation of you having to be something for them. Sure, sure. And when they Absolutely. say just be an artist because you're happy. I mean, I wasn't sustaining myself as an artist. I had a full-time job and everything, but well, that I was freedom. It, so coming out to them, it wasn't, I mean, when you came out to them, it was... It wasn't full freedom, basically. You How told old them were you when you, you're an artist. when you figured, when you understood the, that uh, you were different, or that um, uh, since I was little, I feel like I get, I feel like I feel more different every day that goes by, and which That's like, a good the, thing. which to me is like I'm learning that the more different I feel, the closer I am to just being who I am for real. Because then exactly. I, I'm just me. Like I know everything. Not you'll never know everything, but. So wait, you, you came out to your parents? Uh, I came out to my parents in a letter, so and we never talked about it. Oh, really? Yeah, we never like sat down and um, had a discussion about it. I was 22, and I basically told my siblings that if I couldn't be, bring a boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, to Christmas, I wasn't going to come. And my siblings all said, so then we'll have Christmas without them. So I wrote them a letter, and that I just showed up. And my boyfriend and I had broken up, so <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's horrible. We're not laughing. At, we're laughing with you, Ricky. Well, okay? I think it's funny. Because you're laughing. I think it's Now, if he would have broken down in tears, <laughs> I'd be crying right now. That's you know, horrible. You know? No, you know what? Coming you, out you to his what? family and his fucking boyfriend, you know, they break up. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, it was when he was 22. The, the, you yeah. know, the, 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 no, what, what the reason why I'm laughing is just because you know what? Um, <laughs> I think a lot of times, like immigrant parents, like in especially in Chinese culture too, there's some things you just don't talk about, and it's just like it's kind of like if you keep on pressing at it, it's gonna get uh, yeah. it's, it's gonna get worse. So it's like that's so interesting to me that you came out to your parents in a letter, and you, you guys kind of just never talk about it. It was kind of I, I bet you like maybe. Uh, I, you know, yeah, I, I never really had that conversation with my parents either. You know, they never really said, "Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> have you uh, decided, you know, who you like or whatever, or you know, <laughs> what kind of sexual things you got, you know, kind of weird you like doing? Would, you're into bestiality, you, you screwed have up, up, you know? Yeah. Like, we never had any. That's it's the same with my family as well. You know, it's I'm 50 as well. It's kind of that generation is generation. You you're right. You know, you just kind of those things are swept under the rug. You know, and it, and it wasn't really talked about unless you got arrested when there was a serious fucking problem or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I okay. No, I think at some point, for me, like, at some point, people always like, so it doesn't bother you that you don't talk about it? I'm like, no, because for me, at that age, when I moved and I was about 30, I, I, um, I just made peace with who they were. You know, you grow up wanting to be accepted by your parents, and then you realize that's wait, a big, that's a I big need thing to, accept, to be able to I need do. to accept them. Wow, yeah. and I knew down. where they, I knew how much they could handle from my uh, crazy, crazy ass life. That I didn't have to share everything with them. I didn't care if they met another boyfriend or like it didn't matter to me. And people were like, but don't you want them? Like, no, because that's your vision of what you think uh, it should be. I'm like, yeah, I, right. I love my parents to death, love them to death, like. I just don't have that close intimacy with them that I do with everybody else, but that in itself is okay because that's who they are. Evidently, they did something right because you have the ability to have that, you know, that intimacy and closeness with other people. It's an, it, intimacy is so so. It's like huge for me. If I can't sit down with you and tell you everything, um, then I don't need to know you. Exactly. Like, why do I want to know you? Because then you're not giving me everything of who you are. I see. That's Speaking of not wanting to know you, you ever had any run-ins with the law? Never have, surprisingly. <laughs> really? Never. Wow. I mean, I got a DUI when I first moved here. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Well, because I, I was like, used to drive it. Yeah, it, that, that was it. I was like, I didn't know. I was like, I guess this is what you do. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is the day and before I, and Uber and, I, and, and I, like that, I, I mean, I literally had just moved here, and I never uh, drive again drunk, ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, okay, I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it, man. Holy well, I mean, okay, wow. so it, it and they put me in a female in the female cell too because I was wearing a little short shirt. <laughs> 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 they were passionate. I was wearing. You know what he actually said? And this is like you would getting. That's what he goes. He goes. Yeah. His his question to me was, "Do you lead an alternative lifestyle?" And I said. I guess, you know, it's really drawn. I don't know what I said. <laughs> Is this a trick question? <laughs> so I woke up in the morning, and I was in my own cell. And when they walked us out, I was like, oh, I know why they put me in yeah. there. Yeah. Now you would have gotten touched. Yeah. That and it was, it, 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 it was small. It was, it was here in, like, Mon Monterey Park or Montebello. or one of these cities where it happened. Yeah, yeah there, there's some, there's some uh, interesting neighborhoods around here. Um, <laughs> and this was like interesting nine, people yeah, this was 20 years in ago, the neighborhood. So. <laughs> this is 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it was even then it was different. I think if that happened now, they probably would have asked a different question. Yeah, they wouldn't have said alternative oh, yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, like days, that. that they, I, then I never forgot that that's what the question was alternative <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> 
Is that like alternative facts? Like, uh, <laughs> well, that didn't exist then. No. Yeah, that, that's so funny. That alternative lifestyle. People are trying to be like politically correct and it's such like, a not, weird not word when you, you think of it now, yeah, right? Now, now like no, actually, I mean, it's it's kind of all encompassing if you I guess if, so. if you think yeah. about it. now, it's like. Which one of the 21 genders are you? <laughs> 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 Basically, you, you know what I mean? Like, no, there's a lot to, uh, like I said, there's more attention to these types of details these days, you know? Yeah. So let me ask you, though, um, is the gay community pretty in street art? Because you're the second, uh, you know, I know of quite Good a job. few uh, gay street artists, you know? And, um, uh, I, I only know of a few. I know there's uh, Homo Riot, there's yeah, Jeremy Riot. Novi, mm-hmm. and Little Ricky. Um, I'm sure that uh, I, I'm seeing some. There's Diva Dog who's doing a lot of stick art now too. I'm sorry, who? His name's Diva Dog. Diva Dog. Okay. Um, Anyone else I think that you know of? Here, that's all I kind of know. Okay. okay. I bet but you in SF there's more because uh, just because I, I, there well, is. I don't. I haven't been up there in a long time, okay. but I know that's there. Um, what Jeremy? I think what he was. T- I don't know if he was talking about what he's putting together or that he has together with uh, queer street art. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he came on the episode, I and thought, then, yeah. I thought what he's, I think what he's doing is really cool that he's getting all these people uh, together. And yeah, putting anytime him in, you're in building something. a community I think like this that, could get like beautiful. I think he, this could end up in a in a museum at some point, whatever he's putting together. Because yeah. I think it's, he's just kind of uh, collecting them. Yeah, so. absolutely. And there's a guy in New York called Dusty Rebel. Okay. And he's actually coming here. I think next month, and he's he's gathering information either to create a documentary or something about queer artists because he goes it's bigger than people think, and well, this is worldwide. He's like actually oh, realizing that yeah, well, there's a whole community that yeah, you don't really see it. Well, one thing that's for sure I know is that Jeremy Novi's episode had a ton of listeners, man. You know that's how we knew that. We're like, okay, for sure, you know, you know, the gay community is embracing street yeah. art, but like I said, there's it's so much anonymous stuff going on in the street art community you know it's hard to say like who's who a lot of times yeah. right so mm-hmm. that's why you know that's one of the point of this podcast because we you know we want you guys to further elaborate you know a little bit on your art like what are you trying to do out there and things like that and you know i really really like the pink sheep idea <laughs> man because i always consider myself a black sheep man in my family um that's, that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. To me, the to me the gay the pink sheep isn't even a gay sheep anymore. It's just uh, it's just about being different. We all, we're all that sheep. It's different color, whatever it is. But that's just sort of I, I realized I had to let wor- even let go of the word of the, it's a gay sheep. It's just a sheep who's oh, different. Okay, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Now, um, one of the things before we got in here, you're talking about um, how you much how you appreciated a, a teacher's portrait of uh, Aretha oh, Franklin, yeah. basically. Yeah, what kind of music do you yeah. enjoy? You know, you don't nothing. have a DJ, so, <laughs> so yeah. What'd okay. you say? He said nothing. N- nowadays, it's nothing. He listens nothing. To pa- he listens to Paint the Town podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, now I could either listen just to podcast or I could listen silence. to TV, just sort of just the noise of yeah, it, yeah, which is yeah. kind of weird to me because I used to love music so much. Well, do you live alone? Yeah. Okay, see, see it's interesting because I live alone too, and one of the things I found myself doing is as a musician um, – Music is work, actually. Okay, oh, okay. So yeah. I have to listen to a lot of talk. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot. One mm-hmm. of my favorite radio shows is Frosty, Heidi, and Frank. I don't know if you know who that yeah. is, um, but uh, they're on ninety-five-five KLOS, basically. But basically, it's just like I have to almost. It's like you don't want to be alone in a weird sense. So mm-hmm. it's like you want to have some like people talking in the background, so you feel like kind of like 
uh, somebody's with you a lot of times, so you don't go crazy yeah. <laughs> in terms of isolation, yeah. basically, right? Is that kind of how you feel? Like sometimes, or I'm are you part hermit like me? I don't <laughs> mind being alone sometimes. I'm a loner at heart, completely. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like I could. Yeah, I remember when when a I was a little bit hermit. Yeah, a lot of hermit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I think I'm that's a, a good thing. Sometimes I think embracing you know? being alone. You know, somebody when I was in high school called me a loner. I was so ashamed that I was they they knew my secret. And then as I got older, I'm like, yeah, I'm a loner. I like, yeah. I like, I like hanging out with myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I, like, I, I talk. I very laugh. Very cool thing about that. Yeah. You know, I have conversations with myself. Seriously. Really <laughs> interesting. No, I mean, you know, like what? For me, a, yeah. For me, um, it's interesting because like I, I love being alone too. Uh, but sometimes I just feel like it's maybe it's, it's, I'm kind of a snob. Sometimes I don't want to hang out. Snob. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, dude. I want to hang out with a you lot just, of people, you know what I mean? You're so deprecating about yourself, man. That's nothing. <laughs> just because uh, you enjoy, uh, you know, some peace and quiet, dude, as much as you travel around and everything. Right now, James is hopping up from the table because we have a motion detector here in the office. And if you don't move around every once in a while, it shuts the lights off. It gives us the half-hour mark of the podcast, too. Uh-huh. When the lights shuts off again. Now you know. <laughs> now we know that we've been doing it for another hour. Um, if you'd like to advertise on this really professional podcast, just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty seconds. So, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I don't know if you know the uh, the Dave Dave Navarro podcast we had. Uh, I put in the intermission music. Oh no, I saw that. That was <laughs> hilarious, dude. You did? Um, well, dude, I mean, it's, th- these days one? nobody wants. Nobody wants it all to be perfect, you know what I mean? They want to hear what's real, what's actually really happening, you know? Yeah, it doesn't and that's not how it goes. Yeah. You never have a podcast where everything goes exactly the yeah. way you're supposed to, yeah. and then cut, and then everybody goes home. <laughs> yeah. That's not real. Exactly. Well, you, you know, um, so, sorry, I kind of messed this up, uh, lost us off track because I had to turn on the lights again. What were we talking about for a second? Um, music and noise. Oh, yeah, yeah, music and noise and uh, Aretha Franklin, basically. You were saying how much you enjoyed uh, Aretha Franklin, Back uh, in my college days. Yeah, yeah. Who so else? I d- when later on I got into Billie Holiday, but during that time Aretha was uh, like Simon and Garfunkel, the Beatles, Aretha. So, um, so when you grew up in L.A. in like uh, the 70s, basically, were you around to see any of those bands or? or in I saw. I mean, in the 80s, I was a oh, I was a goth kid. Okay. So I was a I was I the was Cure. A, I was yeah. I saw the Cure. I was the Ali Sheedy of of my <laughs> high school. <laughs> <laughs> I really was. So, so I was like, no, people just walk. The principal literally would walk the other side of the hallway just to, like, not be near me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you into, like, vampires and stuff, too? No. Or were you just more, just more like, goth? I think, I think if I look back and think of why I was goth, I mean, I did love the music um, and stuff, but I think it was a way of pushing people aside because I was dealing with my sexuality mm, and being different and not knowing, and this was a way to put a wall up to keep everybody away. Ah, that's yeah. You know, there's such a wide variety of goth, man. It's resourceful, man. You know, really, protection because people literally would not come near me, and I'd have to deal with liking girls or nothing. It was just don't talk to. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's interesting, man. Um, You know, high school honestly is like it's such an interesting time, and we it's really awesome that you've actually managed to process those uh, behaviors and understand them too, because. I don't think I think a lot of people go through their entire life, and yeah, some I would people, say most people. <laughs> you know, some people they get stuck in that goth phase 
and then that's it. Exactly. They don't know any other way of expressing themselves or, yeah. or you know, putting I, any other borders or right? barriers. So up. It's, it's interesting that you've evolved, man. It, it, you know. Um, so you, you listen to Billie Holiday as well. You said you. Like I love Billie. For when I did my little girl series, I that's I could only paint if I was listening to her. Really, yeah. really. What what's about? One things I love about Billie Holiday, I'm man, is she's she has such a beautiful voice and her story though. I don't know if you know too yeah, much. Another story, but it's, it was just her voice. Just you could just get lost in it, you know, and just I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, like I, I wouldn't do it now. Like I, and I think maybe because now. The sheep is a happy place to me, so it's not mm. a. I don't need to. So have then, the, this the series, the mm, little that, girls. No. Um, what what how, what was that all about? They were because I was working for that home furnishing company. We had a lot of wood slats that were four by six. So when I left the company, I had I you know I took some a uh, whole bunch of them, and when I was in LA, I just started painting on them. So the little girls were literally no bigger than four by six inches. Oh okay, yeah. I did it for so 12 years. They're like mini canvases, basically. Yeah, and they were, I mean, even to this day, people are like, God, they were so beautiful. If, and some people would say, God, imagine if they were really big, how cool they were. Because they were, even when I look at them now, I'm like, wow, I did those. <laughs> I mean, I, saw, I, bought, I have like probably at least 300 of them in a box still. Whoa. That I could literally like, I look at show. them and they're really beautiful. Yeah. They're really simple. They don't have um, facial features. Sure. So they're yeah. kind of abstractish, but you could, like, if I did a person, uh, celebrity, you could see that you would know who it is. They had no face, and all it had was a little uh, dot as their mouth. So they had no eyes. Um, yeah, they're just really beautiful. I feel so. like I could still do them. I've done some recently, like bigger, but more as gifts to people. Yeah. Because right. people are still like, they're really cool. You have a, well, we're trying to throw this art show soon. You, you know what I mean? That's a whole other story. But you did have some of those pieces uh, uh, inside the sellout show, yeah. basically, yeah. right? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, when we have this show, you guys will get to yeah. see them. <laughs> actually get to see them. But um, I also got the uh, very cool winter, Anna Winter. Uh, Anna Winter. Into Winter. That's a whole thing in itself right now. It's like I'm just letting it be an obsession. What's that? The Anna Winter, just all year long. Okay. Completely devoted to spending the whole year and see where it takes me. Interesting. Very cool. So crazy. So what are your plans for the rest of the year? I mean, uh, Anna, Winter. Anna Winters. Are you going to just do it in L.A.? Or are you going to do it in West Hollywood? Like, what areas are you thinking about? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm doing, aside from doing the street art, I mean, I'm doing, the cool thing right now is I'm doing a 12-foot piece where I actually take my dream from the night and actually paint a picture inspired by the dream really? of Anna Winters. So at the end of the year, there's going to be 365 versions of Anna Winter, according to the dream I had from the night before. Okay, so you're going to do little panels. No, it's one big, long canvas that's all mishmash, so it looks kind of, it looks really badass. Like, oh, like wow. I'm already seeing, like, this belongs in a museum. Very <laughs> cool. I mean, it's, it's to me, it's like, and to think that it's all, I'm not even, tr the cool thing is that I'm not even trying. It's just, I, I wake up literally, and I already know what I'm going to do, because my brain is processing the image of what's going to come out. So when I wake up, I already like. So you sometimes you do like a, a small part, other times you do like a bigger area. Sometimes it's a little sketch. Sometimes it's this big, sometimes it's bigger, depending on what the dream is or where wherever it's fitting into the piece as I'm moving it along. Okay. Um, when did you start that one? January 1st. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm doing that, like that Vogue cover sticker view that I gave you. That, <laughs> like I'm so doing cool. 12 versions of those, like actual paintings of those. 
um, okay. from 12 different street artists. Um, I have all these storyboards that I'm putting together. And every Friday, I take a picture of myself as Anna Winter. <laughs> and, and this is on your this is on your Instagram right here. Yeah. So there's a whole selfie where I take every Friday I take a picture of myself with a, a mask on, and that in itself is a series in its own because. So what is it about Anna Winter? I mean, you know, I know she's Vogue's publisher, right? Basically. And what's, what happened is that last when was it? It was I saw the date the other day on uh, in August of 22 because I keep a journal too now. Okay. Yeah, so smart. <laughs> so I'm I not wish sure I could do that. So I'm tracking it with sketches, my dreams, everything and um from my little girl series, I had done a painting with Naomi Campbell throwing cans of Campbell's soup. And <laughs> and it was just, you know, a whole bunch of cans of soup. So when I did the sheep when I did her as a Naomi Campbell as a sheep, I thought like who would she throw a can of soup at? And it was Anna Winter, so I drew Anna Winter, <laughs> and as soon as I drew it, um, I was like, "Wait, I could put Anna in all these funny positions, you know? Like she could be doing anything." And so she's kind of—if you actually think about it—she's such an iconic image that I could take her image without really making fun of her, and just kind of have fun with her and take away the serious side of who people think she is, because I get to play with her and just be kind of dumb about it. Yeah, because Without those insult. of you who don't know Anna Winter is, this woman is like nothing but a serious look on her face. Yeah, I that's mean. all we know of her, kind of. I mean, unless you look a little deeper. Um, I've actually started watching more video videos of her, and I'm actually realizing that she's actually kind of funny. <laughs> like in her dry... Yeah, there's something humorous about it. <laughs> I was just looking at uh, some of the stickers you got in here, dude. I love these. Um, <laughs> you have a, uh, <coughs> a sheep... Uh, queen. God shave the sheep. God shave the sheep. <laughs> she has a mustache on. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> Make sheep not war. My lamb chops bringing all the sheep to the yard. You are fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, here it is. My lamb chops bring all the sheep to the yard. <laughs> you know what? I think it's interesting. Because it's really endless. I mean, like, I c there's no end to sheep me. Sheep beer? I love sheep it. Sheep beer. Like, yeah, it's just funny. Sheep beer. <laughs> I see you like puns quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. you know that's what? I, I don't even art. I don't even think about the these. They just kind of come to Dude, me. Look and at this. Look at she has a posse. <laughs> she's Anna the, Winter has a posse. She's just like the Andre the Giant yeah, uh, yeah, sticker. But she's the editor in cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's interesting. It really is. I mean, there's. I mean, it's endless to me. There's. I. I sense no sense of. And like I could go on forever with it. You know what's funny, man? <laughs> I, I never. Um, the first time I ever like saw your art is w when I learned about Anna Winter. Yeah. <laughs> so you're actually creating awareness. <laughs> I, I have like z I, I have like zero knowledge of who she is basically. Yeah. So it's just to me, it's just like. People, and it kind of doesn't matter. Some people are like, who is she? And I'm like, I'll tell them. And even that doesn't matter to me anymore. But if you know who she is, it makes it even funnier. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like the miss. There's the missing signs that I'm putting Anna Winter's missing. <laughs> Yeah, my um, wife uh, is gonna get that piece by so the way. So I'm doing twelve. I'm doing so. twelve, and I'm pasting them all over the city to a point where you can't walk a, a corner without seeing a missing sign of Anna Winter. And I'm doing twelve different versions of them. <laughs> nice, nice. Where nice. she's either uh, carrying a bottle of vodka, a boombox, her fake Birkin, <laughs> <laughs> or 
like she's doing something in the thing. Interesting. That's like, I feel yeah. like it's like almost well, like anywhere in the Miracle Mile, folks. You want to, yeah. you, you can see this stuff. He, uh, and he, when he, and he is absolutely serious about when he says you cannot Walk. miss it, um, because I've I've been to these areas, and uh, actually my daughter has uh, ballet over there on like Labrea is she still doing and it there? Uh, yeah, Labrea in Wilshire. Um, I have yeah, ball- she decided I have, to I have punish ballerinas. my wife for. Uh, <laughs> what's that? I do ballerinas. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have. I have ballerinas. I like it. I, I don't. Like yeah, it. I don't think I've ever posted, but I have pieces of ballerinas. I like it. I like it. I have one with Anna Winter doing ballet with ballerinas. If you could do a, a piece, there's the. <laughs> it's um. It's basically right there, the Brea and in, in Wilshire, the little ballet yeah, school right yeah. there. Um, if you could put one up around there, I'll I'll get her to pose next to it. Yeah. Get the wife to get her to pose next to it's it. Easy, yeah. You know that the deal with my my daughter in ballet is hilarious. Um, I just get a little side sidebar story. Um, just give me an idea of the kind of daughter that I've that I've got on my hands here. Okay. <coughs> yeah, you know I got the twins, eight year old. They're eight years old now, and so my uh, daughter showed a little bit of interest in ballet, and so my wife decided, okay, well, you know, we're gonna get you into ballet. And so when my wife was young. Uh, her mom made her take like four years of ballet and then decide if she wanted to do it, you know, continue it or not. Yeah. And she decided not to. So my daughter, you know, after a while, we got sick of it. Didn't want to go to ballet anymore. You know, my wife's still adamant. You're going to ballet. OK, after four <laughs> years, you can stop. OK, four years for your mark came. This was, uh, I guess, last year, year before last. Something last year sometime, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was like four years. And so my wife said to my daughter, okay, um, you know, it's been four years now, and, um, you know, you don't have to, to go to class anymore. Now, mind you, when we started these classes that are on uh, Wilshire and La Brea, we lived in Los Vilas. Yeah, so it was easy. So this was down the street, yeah, you know, yeah. a little hop, skip, and a jump, right? I can't believe you come. And so now we're way over in Encino. That's crazy. And so, you know... It, it's a bit of a drive, and um, how many t- days a week does she do it? Oh, it's just one day a week, oh, just uh, you know uh, Sundays. No, oh, but that's a pain in the ass right there on the freeway, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that one on one, man. On the Sunday too. And the drive and the, the parking around it is 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 horrible because I've taken her a few times. The worst. But so here's the thing. So at the four year mark, the wife sits her down. It's like, okay, you don't have to go anymore. And so my daughter goes, "Mommy, how many more years are there?" And she's oh, like, wow. uh, she got the bug. Well, I don't know. It's, I think there's like maybe four more levels. Yeah, it's like eight years old. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like four. I want to do them all. I want to be a dancer, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> no, no. She doesn't want to be. She, she doesn't want to be a ballet dancer. Okay. Here's the thing. There's been so much change. We move around a lot. We flip houses. We're in a different house every couple of years or so. This is the one thing since uh, she's been like three years old that's been consistent. She knows. You know. So. For her, it's kind of like a Ooh. familiarity thing, yeah, yeah, as yeah. well as a punishment to my wife <laughs> for making her go for four years. She's going to make it's my her, wife take her, her for life. another four. <laughs> that's my daughter. Don't you love these kids? Man? Eight years <laughs> old. At eight years old, that's my diabetical <laughs> daughter, you know? Makes sense. <laughs> Meanwhile, my son's like, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll play baseball this year or soccer, you know, whatever, you, you know, whatever. So let me ask you, uh, <laughs> Little Ricky, what other uh, artists are you enjoying right now, man? I mean, um, oh. you mentioned Jeremy Novi, obviously, but are there any other artists? I mean, I think one of the artists that I 
that I first came about was Gregory Sill. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. We we've Love interviewed Gregory. him before too. And if you guys don't know Gregory, uh, Google him. He does all these like little faces that um, I call it like a street Bastiat. <laughs> street Bastiat. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I like that, that. That's how I kind of like s- when I see it. You know, he'll like draw a little like ice cream sketch and then write ice ice cream under it or something. And he's like that, he's, you know? he's actually a very um, uh, he's a very Finite technician. Yes. People don't realize that. It they looks think like it's an sloppy, easy, right? No, they think, me, okay, yeah. let's see you do it consistently yeah. sloppy like yeah. he does. He does it just enough to give you so just no. enough to know exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, and it's, that is a mm-hmm. tough, tough thing to do. You know what I mean? That People do not realize that. What I, what I He's always, a technician. What I always saw, his, it's interesting because, you know, Chinese characters are, hey, oh, this means this. I never this thought means of that. this. Yeah. This is this. Y- y- you know yeah. what I mean? So And he, his, his, yeah. his work kind of has that yeah, sort has of... Like well, they like tell like stories, uh, too. Calligraphy. Yeah. You know, all the, yeah. all the faces right. are different people that he's, you know, he's at, at a party and he's seeing people, things mm-hmm. going on and what they're doing. So you got a radio, a ice cream cone. They're, you know, enjoying some drinks or something yeah. like that. You got the stars in the night and everything. And people love stories, yeah. you know? The other thing that really helps is that Gregory Siff himself is just a ball of amazing energy. You know, just positive, cool guy, man. positive super cool guy. smiling, amazing energy. Like, every time I see him, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just want to hug him. He's like a big, warm hug, you know? When he, um, whenever you see him, he goes, sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and if you know him, you know that smile. And he's yeah. Absolutely, it's nothing but love. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm actually a little envious, you know. I, um, but not really, you know. I, I I don't think I can handle being that happy all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not that type of person. <laughs> well, I actually I kind of enjoy him. being a little dark sometimes. <laughs> I saw you, know you guys I mean? <laughs> wearing each other's uh, pins too. That was pretty cool on Instagram, man. Like, the, oh yeah, the yeah, pin yeah. That's that, and see, that's the type of guy he is as well. You mm-hmm. know, like. If you're just someone that, that comes along and, you know, is in the game, out of the game, whatever, he'll be nice and kind to you and whatever. But, you know, the people that have been in the in it for a long time, you know, he shows respect and, and makes efforts and doesn't We should get him on the podcast like sometime, that. man. I was, I was at one of his art shows there at the Dream Hotel. Yeah. And there was a lot of people. And I was wearing a jacket that I've had for 35 years, like a leather jacket mm-hmm. that's tattered. Took a marker with me and all that crowd could sign my jackets and he actually stood there and drew his characters on my jacket while all this shit was going on oh that's awesome man like, that's awesome yeah that's that's just the type of guy he is, uh, i really felt like wow he just i didn't think he'd do it because it's, it's craziness right now well awesome. you know what sometimes it's 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 a you know um you catch him at the right time and it's just something nice to see you yeah. know people enjoy seeing something like yeah. that and i've had that jacket for 35 years so i'm like i told my sister when i go if and I, when I'm gone, just remember, get that jacket. That's <laughs> worth something. <laughs> you know what's interesting, man? I, I've been think, Let's talk about like uh, how art is valued a lot, because oh you know, God. you know, because it's interesting. Because some artists they may be really hot when they're living, right? Yeah. And then some artists they may be hot when uh, you know after they're dead. And then those artists who are living, um, they didn't. Their time, their work doesn't carry on actually. Yeah. So and then you know what's another fucked up thing is that okay backstory when i was in germany i went to a museum and then i was like oh all these uh, things are old copies so they're like 300 years but they're in museums so but they're old and now they're worth something too yeah so it's like how does that even work museums are just real weird places i realize yeah. even though i enjoy them so much but it's always pushing like some sort of cultural narrative like yeah. wh- whenever you have the, a museum you ever notice that Y- y- you know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's either a local cultural exactly, or it's you know someone that's moved in and and just has a ton of cash and it's like you know this is what I'm gonna leave behind and and this is the real estate game right you know we we bought this area it's in the museum area and then we're gonna show what this area is all about even you know I just I just find it's like really interesting how things get valued because at the end of the day I remember we were talking about um, with your wife we were talking about that one Netflix series about who. Uh, you know, values these things. Uh, there's only like a couple art companies in the world that are big enough players to actually like create that market value because they have the customers, right? Yeah, the the small uh, independent film type of uh, of movies just are bought and gone. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or that have any kind of budget at all. You know, yeah, yeah. they're they're people shooting them on their iPhone or whatever. You yeah. know, and then putting it together with their the editing app on the phone. You know, we were talking about that one movie that was talking about. Um, have you seen it on Netflix? It's talking about. Uh, shoot, let me let me look it up. Um, it's talking about just like uh, how they evaluate art. But anyways, I'm, let me look it up. Well, well, yes. Uh, did it just come out recently? Yeah, it, did, it did I just saw come out it. recently. Yeah, I think I saw. I forget what it was. Um, Netflix art. Just as a basis for uh, for any of you artists out there um, that are wondering what kind of price you should be putting on your artwork. Um, you know, it, it, the way I look at it um, is, you know, you're you should at least be charging about fifty dollars an hour. You know, when you're when you're doing artwork that you're wanting to put on a canvas or, or you know, and you're wanting to put a in a frame or sell in in um, you know art store or something like that. So if you just try to keep track of the amount of time that you're spending on it, and you know, roughly gauge it by about fifty dollars an hour, um, that's like a you know. A rough scale of uh, that's a great way to measure something. Of, you know, beginning measurement or whatever. Um, now uh, it depends on you know really what you've accomplished and uh, where you have sold pieces and how much you've sold pieces for. Um, and you have to be careful because if you get a client that all of a sudden decides, hey, you know what, I really like this piece right here. I'm going to pay you twenty thousand dollars for it. Well, you know, you could be shooting yourself in the foot with that because if you tell people that, hey, you know, I sold this piece for $20,000, you know, that's my rate now. <laughs> Good luck selling more pieces, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, but then on the other side of that, you know, uh, it, it, it really kind of makes you question, okay, well, what kind of rate should I charge? Yeah, okay, so this documentary we're talking about is called Blurred Lines Inside the Art World. And it's on, it is on Netflix? It's on Netflix right now. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what it was talking about is that there's these auction houses that have these, you know, really, really rich database of customers, right? And then, you know, they're going to auction off and push certain people's art, basically, inside these auction houses. They have their, quote-unquote, resident artists, right? And then at the end of the day, I mean, you know, who's to say what art is... Yeah, art is also Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point, because what it comes down to is... You know whose work is being presented at these auctions? Yeah, and you know, and that comes down to who's curating that auction. If I see one more goddamn Mickey Mouse behind some graffiti, man, (laughs) 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 I'm just saying, guys, I'm not a Disney fan. I'm a Warner Brothers fan. Okay, give me give me some Warner Brothers shit, man. (laughs) You You know, Padilla told me. Uh, she came from Basel like two years ago or something. Okay. And she goes, uh, she goes, why weren't you there? And I haven't been there. I feel like I'm in a place right now where I'm still kind of getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even for Basel, but just I feel like I'm in a transition developing. place. Yeah, you're developing. And um, 
She goes, everybody's doing the same shit. She goes, but you, Ricky, you created your own world of these characters. She goes, you're not copying, even though I can do a celebrity sheep or anything, it's still, she goes, it's your own world. Yeah. yeah. And going Absolutely. back to that Mickey Mouse, have I done the Mickey Mouse sheep? I have, but it's, it's, it's a, still my own, it's, it's my sheep. It's not what Mickey I, What Mouse. I meant is just drawing Mickey Mouse with yeah, like some graffiti. Your, graffiti in the, in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, if I see that <laughs> yeah. thing with, with a Chanel sign, I mean, like, I'm getting Instagram ads all over the place for the same exact type of art. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's all made in China, guys, okay? So it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these Chinese guys are really good at painting all that stuff now, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it probably it's all hand done because there's like a billion people there, man, yeah. you know? So at the end of the day, I mean, this is what we want to do at the podcast. I, I, it's so awesome that you mentioned Padilla. Uh, Padilla's um, Unfuck Yourself. You can check out her episode. <laughs> I love um, that name. You can check out her episode in season one, actually. And, you know, uh, like I said, I just feel like a lot of the same bullshit is because that's what sells, man. Everybody, you know. Uh, well, here's the thing, you know, whether you like it or not, you've actually done a really good job of branding. Yeah. You it, know, you, you you found an image and a color and uh, a style uh, that, that also has the name that opens itself up to so many things. You know what yeah, I mean? Anything. That's awesome. And the backward E as always too. Oh, I when, like I made, when I when when I made the stamp, the first stamp I made when I tagged the hello, my name is stickers. It just um, automatically, I knew I had to draw it backward. It's just like no, I, I didn't even think about branding, but now I see. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Look, just uh, <laughs> makes it very cool. You know, design. I didn't I didn't even notice uh, the E was backwards and yeah. you pointed that out. So yeah. no, thank you. Well, it's yeah. one of those subliminal things that sticks it's, in your mind. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those reasons why the sheep, the way it's written like that, you. Un, you know, subconsciously, it's going to stick in there. And you don't even know it. Exactly. Exactly. I think I, I to the point where you, if you think of the word sheep, that you would just automatically think of a mining. Yeah. Hopefully, that, that that's the goal as an I artist, mean, right? Yeah. Basically. And I, going back to what you said about value, but go, and to Gregory, the one thing he told me once, he goes, "Just leave your mark." Mm, I think and, that's and yeah, that, nice that's and simple. That that's stays smart. in my head, and I, you know, you, I do want to make a living off what I'm doing, and. Um, get to this bigger place, but um, it's still that, like, just leave your mark. Make sure if I'm dead tomorrow that I've left a body of work, that this is not just a little um, hobby. This is serious shit. I like that. Well, luckily, you know, luckily with uh, L.A. Street Art Gallery, as well as Instagram and all the others, you know, you're going to be in there for history. (laughs) You're in the history Uh, books. You know, now, especially what we're trying to do on this podcast, and I think this is a great way to wrap it up, everybody that we have on the show is somebody we felt that has left their mark uh, inside the L.A. street art, um, you know, or art scene, basically. Uh, yeah, and we just want to get them on here to, you know, let people get them to know them, uh, you know, in a different way, a phonic, phonic, you know, listen, be able to listen to them and hear what they think and how they got there and everything. Exactly. And you know what? At the end of the day, let's kind of leave it at the end like this because it has been one hour. Um, you know what? I was like, just what? Like, We're already. Yeah, yeah, it's been an hour. It's two o'clock already. You know. I thought we just had the half hour mark like <laughs> ten minutes ago. <laughs> we started a little bit before. Well, I mean, yeah, we can we can go a little bit longer. If you <laughs> no, want. no, no. I just it, <laughs> it amazes me how quick it goes. No, it sometimes. always goes by real fast, man. You know, we've been moving. But basically, you know what? Uh, I challenge we artists. Covered a lot of different things in this. Yeah, one, we man. did definitely. I challenge artists, you know, to ma- leave your mark in the art world. Okay, guys. Hold on a second. You got anything coming up, Ricky? Uh, what am I doing? I have a show in October. In October, yeah, where? In Long Beach. In Long Beach. Yeah. All right. So your Instagram is uh, Little Ricky Zero Zero One. Little Ricky Zero Zero One. Uh, you have a website or anything? Not yet, but okay. I'm working on it. All right. Uh, Instagram's a website already there too. Kind of yeah. So, yeah, it kind of just shows your historical timeline of like 
what you've been doing, right? So absolutely, I actually look at Instagram as a way of writing my own history. Interesting. Like well, I, it's not for yeah. Just that's the way like, I I look at it as kind of like something for my kids to look back on. Yeah. you know, you know, a when Inst- history book. When Instagram first came out, I was like, oh, okay, this is a uh, you know, you want to have a uh, where Kodak moments. These are you know, people don't even know what Kodak moments are now. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as film anymore. You know, us three do. Now you have IG moments. Yeah, you have IG exactly moments. You know what I mean? So no, but it's IG is moments. The new Kodak moments. Yeah, it's weird because it's changed quite a bit of what Instagram is. Now it's like, oh, I gotta market myself. You know what I mean? And now it's like, oh, I gotta, you know, keep everyone updated of what I'm doing. It's not necessarily a special moment. I mean, you know, once people start taking pictures of food, you know, you know. You got the people that are marketing. You got the people that are, you know, keeping in touch with their friends, and you got the people that are showing off. And then, you yeah, know, there's the others. But yeah, yeah, I'm the other. <laughs> and that's one of the things we like about you, brother. Like showing it. that love out there, spreading exactly. the love. Go, you know, like I said, go out. I love that. Do that. You said. I think let's take away from that though. Leave your mark in the art world, man. Yes. You know, and I challenge everybody. You know, if you're not selling pieces, if you're not making money, don't worry about it because you know you're, that shouldn't be your goal. Okay. Uh, you know, the, your goal should be about notoriety, leaving your mark, making m- people think, making you know? people think, inspiring other artists. Okay, um, you know, we talk about the classic Van Gogh. The guy didn't sell any pieces the entire time he was alive, man. You know, and uh, you but know what, what? A story, man. Yeah, exactly. But you know, at the end, leave your mark in the art world. Okay, guys. That's for so sure. appreciate you guys. Uh, love you guys. Take care. You guys. And uh, you know, you guys that are uh, they're listening to us, recommending us to others. If you would, uh, those others that are listening to us, <laughs> leave us a review. You know, let us uh, give us some tips. Give letting us. And let thank us know. you for the people who have already left a review. So yeah, they help us. Really it actually helps us reach other people. Yeah, we, we really that. appreciate Algorithms all the comments and all that stuff. It, uh, uh, yeah, all the comments and. Uh, uh, positive things you've been sending us and the uh, titty pictures somebody sent us to. Someone <laughs> sent us what? <laughs> exactly. Dude, I show me. Okay, that's. I, I deleted word. it because I was like, ah, oh, crap. But anyway, <sighs> no, really, we get so many positive messages and like uh, just words of encouragement <laughs> from people. You know, I think it has something to do with Dave being on the podcast. Some some of that rock star Gigi just was like, here's my tip. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Ricky, thanks story. again for being here, brother. <laughs> Thank you guys. Take care. Love you guys.